We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast the man what are we going to talk about edition of the pack a day podcast i am one of your co-hosts dusty evely with me as always is sarah kelleher steve is not with us tonight but me and sarah are going to try to get through uh, you know, the dregs of the off season uh, here and help you through that today. So, Sarah, how are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, you know, I'm a little bummed that there is literally nothing to talk about. We even said, is there any NFL news or just anything in general? Nope, nothing. So we're here. You know, last week we had a good time breaking down our all-decade team uh, on the offensive side of things. So this week we'll just shift to defense. So we at least have a good topic and I'm sure we'll have some more fun with it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I know I had a good time putting it together. Um, like, just to give you guys a taste of this, we were looking through like different NFL news, Packers news, whatever. And one of the most notable Packers things that came up was the fact that Dexter Williams, who was with the Green Bay Packers and played, I mean, very few snaps with them. I think he was only with them a couple years, had 102 yards on 12 touches in the USFL championship game for the Philadelphia Stars. That was it. That's the NF, that's the Packers news that we have today. And that game was like two days ago. A thrilling game. But still, not a whole lot that that gives us a whole lot to talk about today. So, as Sarah mentioned, we are going to get into uh, the all-decade team. So, last year, last week we did offense. This week, man, we're jumping in the defense. And just kind of like last week, same thing. We kind of we kind of varied up our approach in terms of how we wanted to build our team so we could have different position, different number of positions and stuff. So, uh, Sarah, let's start with you. How did you uh, how did you construct your team, and, and where do you want to start with your guys? Yeah, so... I tried to keep it pretty simple um, and then also looked at who I wanted to be on the team and moved some things around a little bit. So we'll start with nose tackle. Um, and this should be a given. Um, and that's Kenny Clark. So I don't really need to get into this. Similar, you know, there were some picks on our offensive team last week, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, et cetera, where they're just the best. Kenny Clark is a beast. I feel like I never have to worry about him if he's on the field. I just have to pray that he stays healthy and he doesn't get hurt. But if he's out there, he's going to make an impact and he's going to do a fantastic job. I hope that he is a Packer for much, much longer because um, I genuinely enjoy watching him play. And yeah, pretty easy start for me. So I ended up just going D-line. So Sarah, I know you've got some other, your D-lines constructed. I went very generic. You went a little more specific. Uh, who fills out the rest of your uh, D-line group as far as uh, the positions there? So I have defensive tackle BJ Raji. So I th- I think he could honestly make the list for his iconic interception alone. Like 
he could have done nothing else in his career. And if he did that one thing, then he would be on the list no matter what. Um, then defensive end, I have Mike Daniels. So, um, again, just another guy that was pretty consistent during his time with the Packers, you know, a few stats. So per Fox, his second season, he recorded, uh, six and a half sacks. And then he followed up the next year with five and a half sacks, 17 quarterback hits. So he made the pro bowl in 2017 when he finished the season with five sacks, 49 tackles, 14 quarterback hits. And then that same year, he had a career high 10 tackles for a loss. So it, when he was in his prime with the Packers, it was a lot of fun. Um, I remember there's actually a very funny story about this. So I um, was in a, you know, as many of you who have listened to this podcast for a few years, and especially this trio, when I was in college, I, uh, I covered like the UCF athletics, especially the football team. And so we had like a formal chat uh, for the group of us that did that. But then there was a smaller group of us that became really close friends. So we also had a group chat of just us because we would hang out outside and do things. And um, one time the Packers were playing. So I was kind of live texting in the fun group chat. We'll call it with my friends. Um, and then Mike Daniels uh, sack, he got a sack. And I remember I was really excited and I just quickly hit the group um, text didn't realize which one that I hit. And I just said, let's go Mike Daniels in all caps. <laughs> and then somebody just responded, what? And I realized I sent it in the wrong chat. Um, so personal fun memory with that. And some of my friends still make fun of me to this day about it. Um, or like they'll just randomly text me like, let's go Mike Daniels in all caps just to mess with me. Um, and then defensive end, I know he wasn't in his – prime when he was on the Packers, but I, I threw Julius Peppers in there because I he is just an absolute beast. Um, and if we're just talking players in that decade, then yes, put him at the top of the list. But um, even then, the few years that he was with the Packers, he was able to do a lot. Um, and although he wasn't the one that we all remember from Chicago, he still was able to make an impact and especially when the Packers needed it. So that would be my line. Yeah, so my line looks fairly similar. I, I just went with uh, – I built mine out. I built a 3-4 defense here. You know, kind of a, this is my base 3-4 look. I didn't go nickel, so I just went with, with two cornerbacks. But So my D-line, uh, and I didn't get into nose tackler ends. I just went defensive line because I figured you get your, get your best players out there, man. So those are my best players. So, I mean, a lot of it's those same three guys uh, as far as my, my three-day uh, hand-in-the-ground D-linemen or, I don't know, caper stuff. You're kind of milling around D-linemen. It's Kenny Clark. BJ Raji, Mike Daniels. It's really hard, really hard to argue with that. Uh, Kenny Clark was the, you know, no doubt at number one. And then Mike Daniels was, I mean, Mike Daniels, one of my all time favorite Packers, just watching that little bowling ball of a man, just, just go, absolutely go nuts. The, uh, I think it was Seahawks game. I can't remember what year that was. It was week one. He was just terrorizing that offensive line. I mean, notoriously terrible offensive line, but Daniels just going nuts. So one of my all time favorite Packers couldn't leave him out. Then Raji, like you said, you had the, uh, the 2010, uh, that run to the Super Bowl there, that pick six, if for nothing else for that. And I don't think he ever quite lived up to his draft status. Um, but he was a, a stout guy in the middle, you know, had some pass rush moves a little, kind of stout, kind of set the middle there, got pushed around a little too much. But I think a, a really nice presence. One of those guys that I wish I always kind of wish was going to show back up because he just kind of quit football. He's like, I'm taking a hiatus and then just kind of took off and rode off into the sunset. And I think he's traveling or something. I, I can't remember, but he kind of disappeared and I hope he's enjoying his life. Um, but, yeah, I re really enjoyed B.J. Raji. So Kenny Clark. 
BJ Raji, Mike Daniels. And then I'll go into, I'll just build out the, the linebacker room as well. Cause you had Julius Peppers. I'm I've got him as outside linebacker. So I've got Julius Peppers. Like you said, he's there three years uh, in green Bay. So that was after Chicago and that was after Carolina. And then he went back to Carolina after green Bay. He's still at 25 sacks in his three seasons at green Bay. Like you said, not the world wrecking presence that he had been, but still a very, very good player and a productive player during his time in green Bay. So I have, uh, I have very fond memories of Julius Peppers in green Bay. Uh, so I, I couldn't leave him off. And then of course, you can't leave Clay Matthews off that outside linebacker room either just because of, I mean, who he is, who what he did, you know, until they, I guess, redid the stats, the, the all-time uh, Packers sack leader. Uh, you're not leaving that man off. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it just what he did, you know, turning the tide in the Super Bowl and just all of the numbers he put up over the years, just like some iconic plays and the hair and you know, the whipping the hair around and just all of his stuff. Like, you can't leave Clay Matthews off. So that's my D line and kind of my shell of my three, four. Uh, so we'll kind of move a little interior here, Sarah, who do you have for your, where's your, what's your linebacker room look like? Um, so I have two inside linebackers, two outside linebackers. Um, I'll start with the outside linebackers real quick because I know we're on the same page about the inside linebackers and we'll have some fun discussion about that. Um, so my outside linebackers, I have Clay Matthews, you know, during the tens, he was one of the best in the league. Um, that, or, you know, I keep thinking that it's just 2010 to 2020 because my brain is still stuck in 2020. But you know what I mean? When he was there, when he was in his prime, he was one of the best. The flowing hair, everything. He had everything going for him. He was on State Farm commercials. I mean, just just all around decade guy. Um, but this one was pretty obvious for me. You know, Packers career leader in sacks with 83 and a half. Um, was just a big leader on the team, able to make a difference. Um, and then and the, my other outside linebacker, I'm going to be a prisoner of the moment. So sue me. Um, and I'm going to say Devondre Campbell, uh, purely on a scale of impact from last season and what I hope that he can continue to provide in the future. I think if he continues to stay on that pace, then sure, he's on my all-decade team. Again, prisoner of the moment, but I don't care. Um, inside linebackers, Dusty, do you want to do the honors and Golly, share? man. Our I think honors. I think honors is not the word you're looking for there, Sarah. But uh, yeah, man, let's do it. So we both had the same ones, and the the rationale was, who else is there, man? Uh, we both went AJ Hawk and Blake Martinez because, again, oh. like who else is there? So um, I, I mean, you know, hoping you know it'd be nice if for the next all decade team, we're like oh Quay Walker, man, um, because you're looking at. The past, I mean, we talked about this, even when we, we were putting together, me and Steve put together our like all Packers team. And it was like, it's like <laughs> Ray Nitschke and like, I don't like a handful of other, like Nick Barnett. And it's like, like the linebacker position in Green Bay historically has not been uh, super strong. Um, I might be speaking out of turn there, but I think that's what we found. We were kind of looking at that before. So, Hawk has been, you know, Hawk was a high draft pick and he was there for a long time and blah, blah, blah. And he's fine. He's fine. He racked up a lot of tackles. Same as Blake Martinez. They're both just seem solid, perfectly fine players. And then you look at everyone else. Like I'd like an upgrade. Who's like San Antonio Morrison or BJ Goodson or like, like there's the past 10 years. Like this is by default. It's AJ Hawk and Blake Martinez. And I feel like I'm short selling it because those players were perfectly fine, but there's like, I wanted something just, just anyone to even remotely challenge them, and no one came close, did they, Sarah? You didn't come across anyone that came close to unseating these guys, did you? No, this was honestly. I just left them blank for so long, and in my rationale <laughs> column, I wrote down both their names and knew that I was going to have to end up picking them. But 
I just did not want to. Everything in my heart was telling me no, but I knew that I had to because there were just simply no other options. So the more I'm looking at this, I think Steve needs to be mad about inside linebackers on the Packers and not outside Mm -hmm. linebackers because this was just hell. It, It wasn't great. It was not great. It made me, it did, it made me upset that I was like, really, this is the best. This is 10 years. This is the best that, that we can name. Well, and it was uh, like, uh, I felt bad that they were on here with some other guys that like are just absolute stars. So I don't know. I don't want to rag too much, but. I almost just got rid of inside linebackers yeah. altogether. Like, I don't know, man. Let's We're putting four cornerbacks on the field, man. Why not? Like, Termon Williams is an inside linebacker now. Like, that's 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 what we're doing. That's the way we're playing this game, which I probably hey. should have done. Thinking back, I should have done that. Um, now, speaking of cornerbacks, all right, so we've got our room, and I know we just ragged on those guys. They're fine. They're, if we're, if we're yeah. talking all decade, I wish they could have done better. But, man – that's fine. Um, we have to find something to talk about. We have to find something to talk about. Yeah, again, Dexter Williams. Uh, so we're going to go to the cornerback room. Like I said, I did. Uh, I went with a base 3-4, so I did two cornerbacks. Sarah, I think you went three, didn't you? No, I, I just had two. and then Oh, you had eight. two. My bad. Who'd yeah. you have? Uh, so my two cornerbacks, I had Sam Shields. You know, I think one to step in after Woodson is not an easy feat. Obviously, nobody is going to come in and make that sort of impact and be that sort of player. But to come in and do as well as he did for the years that he was with the Packers was always impressive to me. You know, he averaged two and a half interceptions a year. He had four in 2013, which was his career high. Uh, So definitely on the all-decade team for me. Um, And then the other corner, uh, the one and only Jari Alexander. I think he's the next big thing for the Packers. I'm super excited that he's back and healthy and they've secured him now with a nice big contract. Uh, so we'll see how it goes, but, uh, I have, you know, nothing but the highest of expectations for him. He is just the man. Um, and I'm, it was kind of a no brainer for me. Yeah. I also want Jair. Um, I was looking the other day at his, his interception against the Niners, which is still one of my, my favorite plays from last year where he just slingshots out of nowhere and picks that ball out of the post. Uh, I hope my hope that this year is that with uh, with you know Stokes and you know Rasul you know doing hopefully hopefully carrying over what he did last year and having that stronger secondary teams will have to test Jair a little more because it's really fun to have him be able to lock down a side you know like well Jair's got that guy don't worry about it but I would like to see him get more opportunities to kind of take a ball to the house get the ball in his hands a little bit more so that's what I'm hoping this year but yeah Jair was kind of he was a he was a no brainer just because he has had a tremendous career already I mean one of the best corners in the game and then we'll see what he does so from here but the highest of high hopes and then the other one is charles woodson um i you can't have in my mind you can't have an all-decade team without charles woodson uh one of the best players to ever but one of the best cornerbacks to ever play the game i think just a, a one of the smartest players smart heady player uh kind of brought that team together and his his years i think his best years i believe were kind of before that because he was it with green bay starting in 06 obviously won the super bowl in 2010 and then he left after the 2012 season um and he didn't play a whole lot of games in 2012 but i'm, I'm sneaking him in there because i don't want my all decade list to not have uh charles woodson my next guy up was was going to be tremont williams just because it's tremont williams um but I went with Woodson in the cornerback role. And last up, we got safeties. I have two. Sarah, I believe you have one, right? Yes. Yeah, so I need to go back because I made an, a, cr- a critical error here. I 
for some reason, I thought that 2011 was Woodson's last year. I don't know how mm-hmm. I messed that up. So um, he'll let's just say he's on my list too because that's just an absolute error by me because he's absolutely on the all-decade team. I think he's captain of the all-decade team. Yeah, no. uh, so my bad on that, looking at that <laughs> now. Um, so add Charles Woodson to the list so he could take out Sam Shields. He can replace him. <laughs> um, and then safety add Morgan Burnett. Um, you know, 94 solo tackles, 2014, three seasons with 100 or more combined tackles. Um, so, you know, again, not a position that's always been the best for Green Bay, but uh, Burnett was certainly up there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and I went. I had two two safeties, so I'm Burnett, kind of same as you. Uh, a, a good, versatile safety, I think, uh, as his career went on. Certainly played better in the box, or at least they played him more like kind of closer to the line and that kind of that hybrid linebacker safety role, which he excelled at, but just a solid, good player for them, which is what you need as, as a safety kind of like that. You need a guy you can depend on and kind of hold that down, and I think Burnett was certainly that. I loved watching him play. The other guy I have who uh, – you know, kind of was a kind of just, I don't know, DB do it all guy at times, but, but uh, I'll put him in the safety role. That's where he is now. And that's kind of what his position was is Micah Hyde. Um, I hate to say the name make Micah Hyde because then people get upset about things about Micah Hyde leaving. And I mean, the truth of it is, I mean, his career really took off after he left Green Bay. He had some really good games yeah. in Green Bay, had a nice career in Green Bay. But he like I think of that that moment against with, uh, the Cowboys in that was it. 2014 you know what game that was one of the playoff games where he uh, he read it perfectly and and picked off uh picked off the cowboys like at the line and a big third down uh just just due to his intelligence like smart player i really liked him i feel like he was a little misused in green bay uh at that time capers was still there and i feel like he was trying to like just do the thing that charles woodson did at times um but <laughs> micah hyde is no charles woodson but still a very good, very uh, very heady player, a guy I still miss quite a bit. I, I wish he was with the defense now, and he's not. But uh, I think watching Hyde in that safety role was a guy that I always loved, so I'm going to just put him in there. So that's our all-decade team. So mine was, real quick, Kenny Clark, BJ Raji, Mike Daniels, AJ Hawk, Blake Martinez, Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, Charles Woodson, Jerry Alexander, Morgan Burnett, and Micah Hyde. 
a solid, solid team. Sarah, what was yours? Well, now updated since I had a crucial <laughs> error with Kenny Clark, BJ Raji, Mike Daniels, Julius Peppers, AJ Hawk, Blake Martinez, Clay Matthews, Devondre Campbell, Charles Woodson, Jarry or Alexander, and Morgan Burnett. So we had a lot of overlap, but kind of shifted things around a bit. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it worked out well. Um, and you're looking at you're looking at ten years. I mean, obviously, a lot of the guys that that you have, a lot of the guys you're looking at, are guys that were there for the bulk of it or made a huge splash when they were there. So having quite a bit of overlap is uh, certainly something I expected. And also, uh, it, we, it gave us something to talk about. So that's good. <laughs> uh, something else, as a segue, something else we have to talk about. As always, you all sent some wonderful questions. So, Sarah, what questions are we to get this week? Yeah, thanks, as always, to everybody who sent in uh, questions this week. Our first question is from Dawn from, hey, we like your pod. And she says, hmm, scale of 1 to 10. 10 equals most. How much do you think winning the opening game, parentheses divisional, since Packers or Vikings are week one, impacts the team's mojo? And then how much will it affect your mojo? And bonus question, dill, sweet, or spicy pickles on your burgers? Dusty. Yeah, I mean, I don't... (laughs) I don't know. I'd, I'd like to say that it, that it impacts it quite a bit. Uh, for me personally, it's exciting to, to win ever. And then you win that first game and it's all right, man, well, this is looking good. I remember how I felt last year when they got killed by the Saints. Like, oh, the Packers is going to be bad this year. Um, and I'm sure that was worse if you're actually there cooking in the Florida yeah, sun. Sorry, yeah. Sarah. Sorry, Sarah. Uh, but I mean, ultimately, I don't think it means that much. I mean, you hear and it's, you know, a lot of it is kind of coach speak, player speak, whatever. And we're taking it one game at a time and blah, 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 blah. But I think there's some truth to that as well. I mean, every game prevents its own different kind of matchups. And sometimes you come out flat and sometimes you don't. And and maybe, you know, that as a team, like, well, we just weren't at our best today. So I think I think from the outside, I think we often prescribe uh, kind of momentum or mojo and, and points where I think the team doesn't necessarily do that. So I think if they, I mean, obviously if they win, it's the divisional game and they beat the Vikings, obviously that's a, that's a big way to start. And I'm sure the locker room is much happier after that. But I think if they lose, that's, that's not going to kill them. And I, and maybe that's not true of all teams. I think, you know, specifically this team, again, what we saw last year wasn't a divisional game, but what happened week one with the saints versus how the rest of the season played out. I think it just, I think it depends on the team. I think it depends on the leadership, both at the top and in the room as well. And I think the Packers have really, really good leadership on all levels. So I don't think it's going to impact them that much. And then, uh, dill, sweet or spicy pickles. I'm dill, man. I can't do sweet. I, I hate sweet pickles. I, I can go spicy. Uh, but, but if I have my, if I have my druthers, I'm going dill. And I pretty much agree with absolutely everything you just said. Um, so as far as, you know, how much do you think winning the opening game impacts the team mojo? I certainly does it play a factor. Yes. It'd be great to go into moment, like go into week two with momentum, feeling good about the team. Um, but if they lose, as we saw last year, they can bounce back and still have a great season. They can still be the number one seed. They can still win the division with no problem. Um, so I don't think it's a make or break. It's just kind of – it's not a must-have. It's a nice-to-have um, is a good way to put it. Um, how much does it affect my mojo, on the other hand? I am way too emotionally invested in this. So then I panic until the next game. And just like you said, Dusty, think – Oh, are the Packers just going to suck this year? You know, are they just, is this just going to be horrible? Am I going to get made fun of by my friends who all know that I live and die by this dumb football team? Probably. Um, so I think it, it's worse for me than the team just because I panic and I get nervous about it. Um, but then when I win, I'm, or when they win, I'm insufferable about it. Uh, so it's just all the fun of being a fan. 
And then 100%. I am definitely a dill pickle um, gal. I don't really like sweet or spicy pickles. It doesn't matter if it's on a burger or anything else. I always prefer dill, like when I buy them at the store or just if I have the choice. So I'm always going with that. Next question is from a regular, uh, Brian Hartstad. He says, big fan of the Wednesday Trio, a Packer Day podcast. What Packer player do you see having a great year this year? And what player do you see taking a step back? And then food question, what's an unusual food combination that you like? I'll go uh, player I see having a great year. This is a guy I talked about a lot, and it's not about great year, but certainly better than he had last year. And I think carves out a nice role for himself, and that's Amari Rogers. Uh, I'm a big fan of Amari Rogers. I know a lot of people uh, dislike him. I think what he did last year, they didn't get he didn't get a ton of uh, opportunities offensively, which you can say that's that's a bad thing that he, you know that he was not getting those touches. Uh, but I think he showed some nice stuff on like on the catches he made and the role he was asked to play. I think he did some did some nice things and and what I preached last year, I mean I think a third round receiver is not going to do a whole lot is not expected to do a whole lot as rookie year anyway. Uh, so I think that certainly factored into it along with Cobb coming back, but I think what I preached from day 1 with Amari Rodgers is this is a guy just his makeup He's always in the gym. He works hard. He's a smart guy. He's always trying to get better. I think the makeup of him, I, it's a guy I, just, I could just see succeeding, um, I guess. I'll, I'll put it that way. So I think Amari Rogers is going to take a step up and surprise a lot of people this year. And player taking a step back, I was talking about this with Sarah beforehand. I don't like to bring it up because a lot of people are really excited, but I'll say Rasul Douglas. And my reasoning for that is just basically, listen, he was a practice squad guy and he bounced around a little bit and he had a career year last year. He had the, you know, the pick sixes and I, you know, he's limited somewhat athletically, but he does spend a lot of time in the film room. He studies tendencies and all of that stuff. So that's, I mean, that's incredible. So maybe, you know, maybe he carries it over. Um, I, I just I have in the back of my mind well he, he that's, there's a possibility um, that he's just kind of a one year fluke and the Packers are betting on him and he ends up being you know solid but not spectacular even less than like a below average cornerback or something like that so I see all this this is the scariest secondary in the league with uh, you know Rasul Douglas and Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander back and I think uh, I I wouldn't be shocked if again he might not I don't think he's going to be bad I just don't think he's going to be that guy that we saw last year. I think there's a possibility he's not the guy that we saw last year. Maybe he is. And if he is, then I'm glad I'm wrong, but that's a guy I can see take a step back. Um, unusual food combination that I like. This is one my, my little brother turned me on to, and this was uh, it's goldfish crackers and cinnamon toast crunch. You just, you mix those suckers together. It's, it's the mix of kind of salty and sweet that works really, really well. As far as for me, what Packers player do I see having a great year this year? Um, Al Lazard. I think this is the year that he really has a lot of opportunity. You know, people say wide receiver one, we'll see how it goes. Um, but, you know, if anything, this is the absolute prove it year for Alan Lazard. He could be on the package for one more year and then go sign a major contract somewhere else. Or, um, you know, he could take a little bit of a pay cut and continue to stay in Green Bay. But this is the year that he has the opportunity to be the guy. You know, nobody in that receiver room really had that chance while Devontae Adams was still there. So why not give it to Lazard and let him, you know, have some fun this year? So that's a player I see having a good year this year. And what player do I see taking a step back? I, I don't know if it's as much as taking a step back, but I am a little nervous about uh, Robert Tunney and what's going to happen when he comes back from the ACL injury. Um, even before the ACL injury last year, he was a little off compared to how he, he didn't play as well as he did the year prior. Um, and I know an injury sometimes isn't the most helpful thing when you're already, you know, not playing your best. Um, but um, 
hopefully he's able he was able to rehab well and maybe he can come back even stronger than he was before sometimes when you do have the opportunity to rehab you can work on other parts of your body and strengthen um other parts whether it be your core your shoulders whatever it may be um so if he was able to do some of that then who knows he could come back stronger and be even better and prove me wrong which would be great i hope i am wrong about that and then food question what's an unusual food combination that you like I don't know if this is super unusual, but it's the first one that comes to mind. I've talked about it before. I'm not a big mayo person. So if I make tuna, you know, if I can tuna, I usually make it with ranch instead. Um, You know, it's kind of close, um, but it still tastes good to me. So that would be my unusual combination. It's not as, you know, not per tradition, I guess you could say. All righty. Our next question is from... Rolf, and they want to know, should the Packers explore using Pat O'Donnell on kickoffs instead of Crosby? You know what? Sure. If that's what they want to do, <laughs> why not? Do you have any strong feelings about this, Dusty? I don't. I don't. I, I'm always in favor of exploring any option that could potentially make your team better. And also in a guy like Crosby, who's getting up in years, maybe preserving that leg a little bit, uh, making sure he's just not putting any additional wear and tear on it. Uh, his kickoffs, he's never been the greatest at kickoffs, even when he was younger and had that really strong leg coming through. But uh, I have no idea. I've not looked into this, how Pat O'Donnell would be at kickoffs if he's done kickoffs and how he's performed in the past. But uh, I'd, I'd say it's worth a shot while you're out there in training camp and you're just kind of messing around with stuff anyway. Yeah, just just have him kick around and just see what he does. All right. Next question is from Charlie Weber. They want to know, what if any free agent tight ends are available? In case you're wondering, I'm concerned about injury, age, and inexperience. Well, Charlie, you're in luck because Dusty is ready to answer this question for you. You're also in luck because everyone is old and has injuries. <laughs> like, if you're looking at available free agent tight ends, it's grim, man. I'm just looking at uh, Spotrax available free agents. You're looking at guys like uh, like Jimmy Graham, bring Jimmy home. Um, Rob Gronkowski, who is effectively retired. Uh, not effectively, he is retired. Uh, and he maybe he'll come back, but it sounds like probably only with Brady, but he's out. Eric Ebron, uh, who's only 29, and he's a guy that I know, I think last year, two years ago, when he came up on the market, he's a guy that I kind of had circled just because, listen, he can't really block that well, and he drops passes, but he can be a field stretcher. Uh, a guy, not necessarily exactly like Robert Tunyon, but a guy kind of like that. A guy who will give effort, but maybe isn't the best blocker, um, and you know, Tunyon catches everything. Ebron does not, but he kind of gives you that, that factor there. He's not done much the past couple of years. Uh, I think he's been injured. I know last year, uh, last year, he started in three games, only had 18 targets, caught 12 balls for 84 yards. Um, so he's a guy like, I don't know, maybe you're banking on a rebound, but I, I don't know that I'm going for that. Kyle Rudolph, who is miraculously only 32 instead of 87, like I thought. Uh, Jared Cook, Lee Smith, Jesse James, uh, Levine Toilolo, like just a a just a murderer's row of guys that like you would not be excited uh, to sign. I think the only guy that really sticks out to me that a guy that, that I found intriguing with the Cowboys is still relatively young. He's got that experience is Blake Jarwin. Um, I really like Jarwin when he's with, when he's with the Cowboys hasn't done a whole lot has had, you know, two years over 300 yards receiving, uh, he was injured in 2020, and then in 2021, I believe he was also a little injured. Started five games, played in eight, 17 targets, 11 catches, 96 yards. Uh, I think a better blocker than he is a receiver, but still gives you a little uh, little oomph down down the uh, down the seam. So I think he's a guy who, if used correctly, could do some nice things and give you a nice little package to work with. But of all the guys I was looking at, that's like the only name. Right? And even then, that's like. 
oh, okay, okay. I, I could see them like finding a role for Blake Jarwin. Everyone else, it's kind of like you really got to squint to make it work. So I know uh, we've talked about it before and other people talked about it before as well. It's the tight end room is a huge question mark this year, both with, you know, Mercedes Lewis, you know, another year older and when, when Tunyon's coming back and if DeGuar is going to take that step. And there's been a lot of words written about Tyler Davis this off season and I'm high on Tyler Davis, but is he ready to step into like a tight end two role? Like I don't, Probably not. So it'd be really nice if they could get a vet in the room there. But uh, this free agent group, um, again, unless it's like uh, unless it's Jarwin, and then even then, it's kind of eh. So it's a uh, that that's your list. I could run down all the names. I won't. You get a picture of what it looks like out there on the streets, man. It's it it ain't pretty. All righty. And our final question is from Cubsy seventy eight. They want to know, is there a scenario where the Packers let Elton Jenkins walk after this year? Dusty, what do you think about this? Yeah, dude, there's a thousand scenarios. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, what if he doesn't come back from injury uh, and, and it, they, they have to, it's down between, I don't know, paying someone else or, or Jenkins is still like, he hasn't played since the middle of this of uh, 2021. And he's like, I want top dollar contract as a left tackle. Well, they're not going to give him that if he hadn't played. And so, Bye-bye, Elton. Or if he comes back and is terrible uh, and he still wants money. I mean, it, I, I think it's more likely than not they they pay him because he does seem like a special, special player and he's got the versatility and all that. But I think you can – there's a ton of different scenarios that could play out this year uh, that lead to him that lead to him not back in Green Bay. I, I think it's unlikely. But there are – I think there's multiple scenarios where you could see that happening. Yeah, totally agree with you. I, I love your answer. Yeah, dude. Uh, you never know. <laughs> the end <laughs> all righty well that's gonna wrap it up uh for today thanks as always to everyone who sent questions we had our all decade um teams now complete when steve is back we'll have him at least share his thoughts so you can get to know um what his picks were dusty uh before we go do you have any final thoughts I do. Yeah. So I, I wrote something this week. It's up on Packer Report now as of yesterday. Uh, and I'm kind of, again, going through the 2021 season, revisiting some plays and just kind of slapdash fashion. Uh, so this week I went through the Rasul Douglas pick six against the Rams in week 12. Um, so I kind of went through what the concept was that the Rams were running, what Russell Douglas was doing, where he kind of baited Stafford a little bit, why Stafford made the read that he did, and and then how Douglas ended up kind of taking that to the house. So that's a really fun play. I, I mean, it's a fun play for the game itself, kind of extended the lead, uh, put it not necessarily out of reach, but but uh, I mean, that was late in the third quarter at that point and uh, did, you know, made, made it very hard for the Rams to come back and ultimately they did not end up coming back. Um but I just that, that it's a fun play to look at as far as talking about the reads on that particular concept, which was a smash concept, and then how Rasul Douglas was playing that and how that informed where Stafford went with the ball. Um, so really fun play. So if you haven't checked that out, that's over in Pack Report. That's free to read. Uh, so I, I had really fun with that. Um, and I guess the other one, I don't. I, I think I'm not. I don't have anything for Cheesehead. I'm, I'm going through the passing concepts. Uh, last week I went through the stick concept, the Packers' usage of stick, and how they did with it, uh, which was better than they did last year. Uh, so that was that was promising. I'm excited to see how they do that without Devonte. Uh, this week I was going to do either dagger or mesh, um, and then I just. It, it, 
you know, thing, things happened um, and I just didn't get a chance to, to do it. So I think that's not going to make it this week. Um, but I guess on that note and without getting it too much, too much into it here, uh, just a huge thank you to everyone who showed support for me and my family this past week. Um, we had, you know, a, a kind of a rough, rough thing happened at the end of last week. Again, I don't really want to get into it. And uh, and the Packers family showed out in big, big way. So we cannot thank you enough to everyone who, who came out and, and showed support and sent words of encouragement. Uh, just 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 beyond thankful um, and beyond beyond blessed and happy. So uh, thank you so much. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Alrighty, and my final thought is just a friendly reminder that later this month, we will be having a listener. It could be you. On our show, we have a Google form. It's very easy. It has maybe two questions that you, besides your name and your Twitter handle that you have to fill out. We will retweet it again today when this episode airs. Um, but would love for you to join us. We had Matt Pickett on last year. Now Matt has his own podcast. Um, so not taking credit for it. I'm just saying that. Well, I, I think we should take credit for it, Sarah. Yeah, it, but it, it was cool to watch, to get to know him and then watch him go after something that he was passionate about. Um, and we know that many of you are passionate about the Packers and would love to have you on the show. So a few of you have filled out the form already. Um, definitely, um, we're going to give it a couple more weeks and then we'll have somebody on right before uh, training camp and all that good stuff. So uh, definitely get that in. We'll retweet the link. Um, but that's going to do it for this week's podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Dusty Evely, at Steve Perhatch, at Sarah Kelleher 4, and at Packaday Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, go Pack Go! JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Yeah.